this is really important to know. People are unreliable. I am unreliable. I'm inconsistent. And I think I'm pretty decent at my job and pretty decent at business. I forget to do things. I don't always do things in the right order. I mess up. I make mistakes. But a system would prevent a lot of those things from happening. So what I like to do is I like to build a system that tells me what to do and when to do it. So then I don't have to think about what do I need to do today? Or when do I need to do whatever it is I need to do? I forgot and I used the business license to renew my business license. I don't know if anybody else listening to this has ever forgot to renew their insurance or renew their business license or renew their driver's license. But I remember going on the first date with my wife and literally I pulled over by the police because I did not have my tags updated. (laughs) So think about your business, like all the things that need to be done in your business, you got to make sure they get done. And you'll forget if they're not written down, they're not documented, they're not systematized and automated. Hey everybody, my name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. All right, everybody. My next guest have had the pleasure of working and getting to know over the years, Mr. Casey Cavell. He is an award-winning entrepreneur, purpose-driven leader who has started, invested, bought, operated dozens of businesses. And today we're going to really talk about this concept of working on it and how do we get to work on it when we're so stuck in operations. So Casey, how you doing? Sure. I'm doing great, Josh. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm really glad not all pharmacists have to do pharmacist only things. And so I'm really excited to bring you on to this space. So tell the people here, who's Casey? What's your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a serial entrepreneur my entire life. Started my first business when I was 21. It seems like a long time ago, 16, 17 years ago now. And I always like going into other things that were already up and running. And I was really good at spotting efficiencies and spotting processes that if they implemented this process, it would save them time or it would save them money or it would save them energy or potentially eliminate frustration and figure out ways to add more value to the customers you have, figure out ways to get new customers and figure out a way to just build a business that's an engine that just runs itself without the business owner having to be there day in and day out. And people always say work on it versus work in it. And for me, it was all about, you know, like having the right people. And in every business, it felt like I was wearing like every hat to start where I was the sales guy. I was the marketing guy. I was the operations guy. I was having to do the books and the numbers. And the first few businesses I got in, I burned out, Josh, because I was doing everything in the business. And when I started the business, I thought it would be fun because I thought I could spend my time doing all the things that I love to do, focusing on growing the business and new initiatives and coming up with new ideas. But I was stuck in the weeds doing all the stuff that I necessarily didn't want to do and I didn't love to do. And when I would grow these businesses, I run for one, two years and I would sell them. One, they were financially successful, but two, they burnt me out because I was doing all of those things. And it wasn't until I built a business and I found a business partner that complimented me, like his strengths were my weaknesses and vice versa. Like the things that he just wasn't great at, I was great at. So we built a team and we created that one-two punch and he focused on 
all the stuff outside and growth and operation or growth and all that kind of stuff. And I was just running the day to day. And that's what I have found is by having a one, two punch in your business where you got somebody that's focusing on growing the business or external stuff, but somebody that's running the day to day, you can do really well. Yeah. That's kind of a little bit of my background and gosh, a couple dozen businesses later, I now help other people get out of the day-to-day of their business. So if you're a business owner and you're wanting to grow your business and you're so stuck inside of it, and maybe you want to exit at one point, I help people build a business that doesn't rely on their involvement to be there every day for the business to keep growing. Yeah. We also talked about DISC when you talk about right people. Like we brought someone, an expert on DISC in pharmacy. We talked about that. Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, a lot of people here may be like the pharmacist owner and then pharmacists are really good at operations. That one sector of the business that they're really good at. We always forget that there's finance, there's marketing, there's sales, there's shared things we have to do. There's HR issues. We've run on EOS now for a few years, and I don't think a lot of pharmacies have really been introduced to this concept, if you will. So let's talk a little bit about the process of taking someone from working in it all the time on operations to pulling themselves out of the day-to-day through that process, through people and process. Yeah. So if you want to get out of the day-to-day, you first got to build out your right structure of your organization. What are the roles and the responsibilities and what's all the stuff that needs to get done? And then ultimately figuring out, well, who's accountable for that? So in any business, an accountability chart, an organizational chart, whatever you want to call it, needs to really define the organizational structure on who works with who and how do things get done and who communicates with who. And it's really like who's accountable for what? So that's the first thing you need to do is just write down everything that needs to get done every day, every week, every month, every quarter, once a year, and then put it in departments. Is this a marketing role? Is this a sales role? Is this an operations role? And the way that I look at it is it's marketing's job to get people to wave their hand and say, I'm interested in what you're doing. And sales job is to get them to become a customer, get them to shake their hand. And operations job is to fulfill the service. So it's define what goes in each of those segments of your business. And then obviously you have finance. They're just counting the money, managing the money, making sure you're using it wisely. And if you have a business where you're all focused on marketing, but there's no sales, you're going to get a bunch of leads, but nobody's going to close. If you're really great at sales, but you don't have enough leads and marketing's not being done right, you're not going to have enough people to potentially sell to. And if you're great at marketing and great at sales, but the service isn't great or the customer support or the experience or the product they're going to leave and you're going to have high turnover. So you got to put the business in those segments to find what success looks like in each of those roles and then go to work. Yeah, I think it's huge because like I said, when we started our process of building out the accountability chart and really working on who does what, when, and really looking at those buckets, I was so, we understand it, but where pharmacy owners are so tied to operations because it's almost like they're the first pharmacist So they're operating the whole thing. And then as they grow, they'll bring on a pharmacist, they'll add some more technicians. But then we sort of forget, like there's all those other buckets. And when we first did it, it was like, well, that's a Josh bucket. That's a Josh bucket. That's a Josh bucket. And we started to identify real capacity issues if we're going to do these right. Just because you own it doesn't mean you're going to get it done. And so we went through that process a little bit. And there's different levels of businesses structure. The forum can change over time. So talk to someone a little bit about that because the theme for this summit is beyond the pills. And a part of that is 
pharmacists, pharmacies really need to adapt to getting out of the dispensing model or what I say is diversifying that. And you've gotten to know us over time about what we do in the wellness side and why we brought you on because we were really having issues with execution and really working that dynamic where I'm in EOS and we can talk a little bit about EOS, but we call it the visionary and integrator roles. They're very different roles And I love serving as a visionary and it's not a title, it's more of what you do. So when we brought our number two on with Jenny and you worked with her was really how to create those two kind of dynamic roles at the top of the company so we can really lead from doing all that stuff. So talk to someone because I think a lot of pharmacists are like, yeah, that sounds great getting out of the day to day and working on the business because we have to do that in order to move beyond the pills. We all have to do the work. So tell people a little bit about planting that seed, but also envisioning like it's possible to actually pull out of your business. You don't just leave, but it's really crucially important. And it's like one of those things that's easy to say, hard to do. Talk to someone about if they were working with you or reading a book, what would they be doing in in this space to get them moving towards that goal? Sure. You want to get out of the business. You first got to detail and document how to do the job that you're currently doing. If you're doing anything in your business that one day you're like, you know what, 90 days from now, I don't want to do this job. Or next week, I don't want to do this job. You've got to detail and document what job it is you're doing, what success looks like and how to do it. And that's best practices documents. That's a checklist of, hey, this is what you do and when you do it. And this is how you do it. And I think a lot of businesses, the knowledge is in the owner's head. And if they're gone, nobody else knows how to do it. And I've been in businesses before where I was the only one that had answers to some of the questions that needed to be asked. Well, it was relying on me. So any business owner, I'm making sure that every seat in the organization is detailed and documented of what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and how it needs to be done. So what needs to be done? It's just a list of all the stuff. When it needs to be done, is that like every day? Is that once a week? Is it once a year, like renew my business license? And then you put all that stuff on checklists and processes, and then it's documents of, well, this is how you do it. This is how you go and renew your business license, or this is how you do whatever it is that they're doing. And then it's slowly but surely hiring somebody, teaching somebody how to do that. And whenever I'm teaching somebody how to do something, I'm typically recording myself because maybe that person I'm training is not going to be there six months from now or a year from now, or maybe even better, they're there, but then we need to bring somebody else on because we've grown. So I like to detail and document everything I'm doing that I'm going to have to train somebody in some type of video. So then I don't have to do it next time. They're watching a video on how to do something. So just write down what needs to be done, when, how, and then put together some training so then you can get other people to do the things that you might not want to do forever. And staying within the space of what we love to do and are good at. That's the point. The point is, and I love when you brought that piece in is evergreening this stuff virtually, digitally. It's so easy to record on your computer, a loom or something where you can embed a video. We actually started that process in our store. You got a people proof with process, right? And so I think that's the big space is if you do it more than once, it should be documented and it can be now 
done in a digital format. So I love that you said that because it's a little more upfront work, but then it's done. Then you're just perfecting it over time. So that's pretty awesome. This is really important to know. People are unreliable. I am unreliable. I'm inconsistent. And I think I'm pretty decent at my job and pretty decent at business. I forget to do things. I don't always do things in the right order. I mess up. I make mistakes. But a system would prevent a lot of those things from happening. So what I like to do is I like to build a system that tells me what to do and when to do it. So then I don't have to think about what do I need to do today? Or when do I need to do whatever it is I need to do? I forgot and I used the business license to renew my business license. I don't know if anybody else listening to this has ever forgot to renew their insurance or renew their business license or renew their driver's license. But I remember going on the first date with my wife and literally I got pulled over by the police because I did not have my tags updated. <laughs> So think about your business, like all the things that need to be done in your business, you got to make sure they get done. And you'll forget if they're not written down, they're not documented, they're not systematized and automated. And that's where even in my own life, I've automated everything. Everything that I need to do as a husband, as a father, do I do this once a day, once a week, once a month? Because I want to make sure I don't forget to do the things that are important to my business. So that's where I think first you build the system. And then you plug the people into the system. The people run the system. That way, if the people leave, you have the system and you can plug somebody else into it. That's why McDonald's is a fantastic business because they can take an eight, nine, $10 an hour employee and plug them in there. And the Big Mac's coming out pretty much the same. You look at Chick-fil-A, it's the same thing. They have a system and they plug people in it. Now, Chick-fil-A does a really good job because they have a really great culture along with the system, because you don't want to have a culture that's all about, we don't care about people. We just need you to come in here and be robots. So you got to build a great culture, but it's all about executing the system. And I think that's a great point. That's why we brought in speakers that speak to people, process, and culture, because those are just kind of like the trifecta, I think, for a successful business. When you were just saying, like, people know, it's funny, they know the difference between McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, right? There is a culture difference and we don't need to get into the food part of that, but this is a wellness seminar is literally like if you nail process and the culture, the people can be interchanged and it's just going to continue to work. Process creates good culture as well. I would imagine we all know it's like what companies are great to work for and what companies aren't. And it's because of culture. So I think they all work. It's kind of like a Venn diagram. You can't have one without the other. So I would say all of these things sound really good, but like our self-limiting beliefs, like the issues you hear when you're trying to convince a business owner, it says, I don't have time to do that stuff. It sounds great, but I don't. It's like executing this plan. What are the barriers that you've seen that people can start to think about so we can remove them? Because we want everybody to do this. Yeah, I think in growing any business, people are typically stuck in the weeds doing the day to day. They rarely block time on their calendar to think about and plan about 90 days from now, a year from now. So I think any entrepreneur, any business owner needs to block time throughout their week consistently where their phone's off, their email's off, their Slack's off. There's no distractions that's going to pull them back into the business where they're working on priorities. They're working on initiatives that are going to deliver results 90 days from now. Because if you're just worried about putting out fires every day, you're not going to be able to figure out why these fires are even starting and put them out. And that's what people do typically in business. They're just running from problem to problem to problem, but they're not really figuring out like, what's the real issue behind this thing? 
And I think it takes time to sit back, relax, relax, grab a cup of coffee, grab a pen and ask yourself some questions like what's working in this business? What's not working? What are some things that I'm doing today that I don't want to be doing 90 days from now? And then what's my plan to solve those issues forever and get myself away from doing things that I don't want to do? And I think it really just starts by building a team. Any business, you have to have a leadership team. You have to have people that are vested in the interests of the business. I'm a big believer of overpaying for jobs and then giving those people some kind of incentive or upside. So they're sharing on the success of the business. And then also if the business isn't successful, it hurts their pocketbook too. And that way you're getting people to think like business owners rather than just employees. And I think that's really important. Yeah, great point. I think we've learned that. And it's also like, we want people to learn from our mistakes. That's why I started joining entrepreneur groups that weren't pharmacy related because they're all similar. All of our business structures, that the things we do, the widgets we make are all different, but the structure of, of this process that you're talking about is really foundational for just about any business, unless you're like a solopreneur and doing it all. So I'm a big action step guy because I think we can talk about it forever, but what do these pharmacist owners that want to move this needle from sickness to wellness or moving beyond the pill and changing our process, we got to work on it, right? What do you think is the things that are necessary to take that action step? What do they need to be ready to do? For me, I don't work with people that aren't ready to work with me. So our company typically works with open-minded, growth-minded entrepreneurs. So you have to be growth-minded. You have to want to build your business. If you're just looking to maintain what you have, you probably don't need to make a whole lot of changes. But if you're growth-minded and you want to grow your revenue, grow your business, create more opportunities and you're open-minded, meaning you're willing to look at why you're doing or the ways that you're currently doing things and figuring out, is there a better way? Then I think you do that. And you just invite people into your business and invite people into your life. They're going to ask tough questions because if you're sitting there trying to do it all on your own and you don't have an advisor or somebody talking to you and asking questions, you might be building something that might not get you what you ultimately want. And I think entrepreneurs are mainly the most happy when they're spending 70% of their time in their business doing things they love to do and they're great at. And that's where you got to figure out, like, what are those unique things for you as a business owner that adds the most value to your business? And ask yourself, are you spending 70% of your time doing those? Or is it the inverse where you're spending 70% of your time doing things that you might be good at, but you don't like doing it? And that will lead you to burnout and it'll lead you to spending time on things that don't grow your business. So this little diagram here, there's a good tool called Delegate and Elevate. It's an EOS tool. Basically, you know, you put four quadrants on a piece of paper like this. And in this quadrant says, what am I great at? And what do I love? What am I good at? And I like. And then this quadrant right here is where most people spend their time. They're good at it, but they don't like doing it. And I think every quarter, if you could look at the things that you're doing, but you don't like doing it and figuring out, looking at your organizational structure, who else could be doing those things? would free your time up to focus on doing more of what you love and what you're great at, and also free your time up to actually start working on your business. Because for me, most people don't have time. In order to get time, you have to take stuff off your plate, give it to somebody else that's great at it, and then you can start thinking about how do you really grow your business. That's a great point. It's do what you love, love what you do, then it's not work, right? I don't associate my personal and professional life. They're kind of mixed because I just wake up and I do what I love. You know, it's awesome. And you've helped us with that. There's probably a ton of pharmacists. We've thrown out that word EOS. 
I could tell people what it is. We've adopted it, but I want to hear it from the expert. Give people a little bit of a scenario of this process that you put people through called EOS. Yeah. So EOS is an operating system for entrepreneurs. And there's a book called Traction out there that is a fantastic book. And it's really just a simplified way to run your business where it talks about like the six components that every business needs, whether it's people or process or finance or numbers or whatever. And it's basically just the structure. And they take your super long business plan and they put it on a couple pieces of paper and they help you really identify like, what's the vision? Where are you going? Who are you and what do you do? And then just as a way to organize the company, to focus on what's important, to make sure the long-term vision becomes a reality. So that would be like the car, the engine of a car because you have to have the right engine. And then in EOS, it talks about the visionary and the integrator. And those are like the two people that should run a business. The visionary, typically owner, CEO type, where they're coming up with new ideas and they're thinking about what's next and they're building great relationships and all kinds of fun stuff. But then there's the integrator, the one that's running the day-to-day. That's making sure the product's getting delivered. The service is great. The customers are happy. Sales and marketing and finance are all working together. So you got EOS, which is like the engine, but then you got the driver of it, which would be the visionary and the integrator, because those are the two that are driving that thing down the road. And you have to have both, because if you got a great engine, but you don't have a great driver, you're going to crash. And if you got a great driver, you don't have an engine, you're not going to get anywhere. So you have to have kind of both. And for me, it starts with a visionary integrator and making sure you have both of those people in your organization that could take care of the day-to-day, but then also can take care of kind of the futuristic type of opportunities that are out there. Yeah. And I think we've gone through that process. The love to do stuff for me is visionary stuff. It's maintaining those high-end relationships. It's talking to the right people and coming up with the great ideas. And the opposite is that COO operating person, Jenny, does it well for us. It took time for us to establish that relationship and to make sure that our roles were clear And it's not always the owner that trumps the decision-making because I might have this weird view of the company, but she's in the ground and the boots and running the thing. And the integrator is really the Prozac for visionaries. They kind of put the brakes on a little bit because we could get a little wild with our ideas and go too much too fast. Your company's called Legacy 412. You specialize in that visionary integrator relationship building and building that out. Tell us a couple of stories that you've had that's really helped people in that space. Yeah, a lot of times we go into a business where they don't have an integrator, where they don't have that person that's running the day-to-day, where the visionary might be doing that. And we help the visionary or the owner of the business decide, who do I need? What type of personality traits am I looking for? What types of skill sets I'm looking for? And we've done that. We had a client, his name was Bo, and he had a business that he did financial planning. And he was doing everything, but he was like the face of the organization. He was a visionary. He was a connector. He knew everybody. He had all kinds of ideas. He was great at producing content and getting people excited about stuff, but he didn't want to do all the paperwork and the back office stuff and the execution of the service. And he was great at selling, but he didn't love the execution side of it. So we just went in there and we decided, all right, what are the three or five things that he should be doing? with the majority of his time. And that was like creating content, learning new things and delivering that content to his target market. And then we wrote a list of all the other things that need to be done in the organization that he didn't want to do. And he wasn't great at. And then we built out a role and it was really an operations manager slash integrator. And that person was the one that made sure that 
the clients got the service and everything that we promised got delivered on time. And as a result, he got out of the day-to-day stuff. He was able to spend more time producing content and making big relationships and driving the business forward. More leads came in, more deals got closed, and then the service got fulfilled. So that's one example. And maybe another one, I went into a family business where one of the gentlemen just wanted out. He didn't want to work 40, 50 hours a week anymore in the business. And he still loved the business, but he really was tired of it because he was doing things he didn't like to do. We organized in the company. I came in and asked some really tough questions, really understood where they wanted to go and what they wanted this business to provide. And we built the business to serve their life rather than them serving their business. And the one gentleman ended up finding a dream role in his company, doing things that he actually loved to do that made an impact for the business. And he no longer wanted to leave because he was spending his time doing things that really moved the needle. And then we found other people to come in and do the things that he was doing, really wasn't even good at, and it was holding the company back. And that freed up his time to go generate more revenue. And that revenue came in and paid the person to do that job. And that's what I feel is a lot of visionaries are not ready to make the leap of hiring quality people or hiring quality people that could come in and ask them some questions. They're just trying to do it all on their own. And life's tough. And it's really tough if you're trying to figure it all out on your own. So it's sometimes good to have somebody come in and with a different perspective. Yeah. And I think that's a key piece. One thought that came to mind is we usually have stories in our head, right? And so a lot of the times when we start trying to delegate these things, like I've found massive opportunity for employees to step up to things that they really love to do that I never would have thought. I can't stand the minutia of data and all the little details. That's just not who I am. I love the big type stuff. But Jenny and my data guy, Robert, they could sit all day looking at the little fine pieces. What you really find is what you don't love to do. There's someone that does love to do it. There is someone that loves accounting and bookkeeping. It ain't me, but somebody really, really loves numbers, right? And so finding those people and letting them work their zones of genius, that's a beautiful thing. I do think it's important to know, and this is part of where I think a lot of business owners and myself have made mistakes, is not hiring people to guide you through these processes soon enough. Having the mentor or the professional that's been there, done that, always serves me well from an ROI perspective because you're compressing time and resources when you're hiring that professional. Like when we hired you as the coach, because you can do it on your own. You can employ EOS on your own and you could read a book and DIY, but you're going to go through all the same mistakes that everybody else went through. So I love where you said that, like, it's really important for folks. For me, it's not like trust us. It's like, hey, Hire someone to do it to save you time and energy so you can go do more. I think that's important to know. So I'm glad that you're providing this awesome service for people and really introducing this concept and helped us in pharmacy because I don't know terribly too many people in pharmacy. I've been introducing them over time into EOS and what this looks like. There's a very small percentage of people that are good visionaries and integrators. I am the opposite. That's why we stumped our growth so much is because... I tried to be that person for too long. And of course, when you're growing, you have to put on multiple hats. We all know that. But as you move out of that space, you sort of let go of that vine. I feel it was really good breath of fresh air for us. And it allow us to just push the vision as hard and fast as we could. So how do people get a hold of you? You have an offer for people. I've asked everyone that's 
participating in this summit to give some value. So you've been really good about doing that for us. And you've got a foundation session thing that you've got. So I want to tell people about that. Yeah, absolutely. So get a hold of me. Just go to kccavell.com, C-A-S-E-Y-C-A-V-E-L-L.com. There's a link to our company Legacy 412 on there. And yeah, I think any business needs to get really clear on where they want to go. And then what are the really big issues that are holding them back to get there? So my kind of offer is jump on a call with me. I'll spend 30 minutes with you. If you're a growth-minded, open-minded business owner that's looking for a better way, I'll spend 30 minutes with you no cost at all. Jump on my calendar. Okay. Come on there. Ask me any questions that you have around your business. And I really want you to bring your one or two top issues that you think are really holding you back. And on that call, I'm going to help you figure out what's the real issue. And then we'll kind of go from there. And if I can help you moving forward, fantastic. I might be able to connect you to somebody else that might be able to help. I know what I'm great at and my unique ability And a lot of times it's referring to somebody else that's an expert. So I'm going to help you solve your biggest issue, identify what that is. And yeah, that's kind of it. It's awesome. You're like me. It's like there's so much room to help people that even a 30 minute conversation is very valuable. You've helped us in the EOS. We call it IDS, identify, discuss and solve the problems in a calculated, structured way. And so I'm very thankful and grateful for you because you've helped us tremendously over the years. And thank you for getting on this summit for us because I think it's really important for pharmacists. So I really appreciate your time, your effort, and what you do. You bet. Thank you, Josh. You're great. All righty. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.